Hello, creeps. I'll be your ghost. I mean host. As we delve the crypts of spooky movies and even spookier theory. Welcome to Horror Vanguard. Ash, do you want to lead us in? Why, why, why not? Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to your first Horror Vanguard episode uh, for February. My name is Ash. I'm one of your co-ghosts here, joined as always by... Hey, everybody. It's John. I'm very excited to be here. Excellent. And and do you, do you, do you feel that chill breeze in the air that... I, I think I why why yes I see some snow outside. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. I'm I'm so excited for my first post cancellation or back episode. <laughs> uh, we are delighted. We are delighted. Hey. Uh, the various occult rituals have been performed. The <laughs> <laughs> the, ar- the arcane sacrifices made, and we are joined once again in the HV crypt by Mistress Snow. Hello! Hey! <laughs> Appropriate for today's episode, uh, you've been absolved of your cancellation demons. Have I? <laughs> oh, oh, now I have. No, no, oh, I see. Okay, oh, excellent, because, like, shit, the most recent docs was on Thursday. <laughs> Oh well, then maybe not. Maybe we're not up to date yet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe our rites and rituals have not been totally successful. But we we only covered cancellation demons one through four. Uh, well, did you do it in Polish? Uh, ah, that's that. Ooh, that's a teaser for that's, what we're talking about today. That's where things went wrong, but, isn't um, it? <laughs> but, but before we before we jump into what we're talking about today, um, for people who have for, who have for some reason not listened to uh, the show for a little while and maybe have not come across you and your work. Would you mind maybe just giving a quick introduction? Oh, um, hello. <laughs> My name is uh, Mistress Snow. I am a uh, dominatrix slash professor slash researcher. Um, and I study sex work, tech, and policy. And I also shitpost at my own peril on twitter.com i I mean i can't think of a better i can't think of a better introduction but we will we will absolutely include links to uh the the shitposts and of course (laughs) your two amazing previous appearances here on hv but the this this i'm extremely excited about because you were kind enough to kind enough to suggest uh really maybe a slightly left field choice but we're talking about the 1961 black and black and white horror classic mother joan and the angels um and you know a lot of the time we do kind of mainstream stuff here but this this one i'm actually super excited to ask my dear friend the co-ghost of the show ash would you mind explaining just in the most straightforward way What's today's film all about? What does it mean to find a sense of belonging in a world that is necessarily contoured by a cartography of alienation? To find one's life interwoven with others when there is no time, no space, no language for anything greater than a unity defined by opposition. Even if we win, even if a better world is made more than just possible, we still have to allow these wounds to heal. There are demons, both great and small, that shall remain part of us until the very bones, the very words of us, no longer remain. What happens to demons when the self-styled righteous prevail? Do we merely continue building convents in the wastes of isolation? Is there anything beyond the horizon of our present moment? Intellectually, I know it must be there, but sometimes I just don't feel it. Join us as we discuss Magda Ioannia Odanyov, or Mother Joan of the Angels. It's a horrible pronunciation there, so let everyone it enjoy that. It wasn't that, that bad. Oh, thank you. Matka Joanna Odanielov would be the Popovsku. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Mother Joe of the Ages. Google Translate got me so close. <laughs> no, you could, yeah, that was actually written. The uh, Anielov was chef's kiss. Uh, that that, that way, we, we do not need to release the preemptive apology to the entire Polish <laughs> Polish speaking world. Uh, uh, good no, job, it sounded Ash. like pierogi <laughs> melting in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 
this 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 is uh, I think kind of regrettably probably not um not an incredibly well known film, and from uh, from a it's a it's a Polish film and Polish cinema is probably not w- very widely known among listeners. So maybe we can kind of start there and uh, Snow. Maybe you can kind of like set all of this up for us. What's what's the context? Why why did you want to talk about this film? Um, well, the the most immediate reason is that it is the most goddamn terrifying movie I have ever seen. Uh, <laughs> personally, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in like a psychological kind of mm-hmm. tear away. Um, I, I've, I've just like, I think the first time I saw it, I was, I think it was in grad. Yeah, I was in grad school and I've always been interested in, in Polish film. My if you haven't seen my docs yet, uh, my, my <laughs> family's from Poland. Um, so I've grown up with, you know, a lot of it. Uh, but I never heard of Makayana until uh, Martin Scorsese did his uh, Masterpieces of Polish Cinema collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, that, I want to say that was like 2013 or so. Um, and, you know, I was just avoiding my dissertation and put this on instead of writing my dissertation um and i like i've since just been haunted by that um the one actress who plays uh joanna just the way that she's able to embody all of these different demons within herself it's just i i don't even have uh you know the right vocabulary to describe when she you know when she first turns around that first time and you mm-hmm. see her face for the first yes. time. Like, how are, is there, but they're not using like CGI. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Um, so, you know, I, that, that was my immediate reason for wanting to watch this film. Um, the other, you know, being, you know, my, my personal connection to, to Polish cinema. Um, I totally lost the, the train of, of, I also just lost that metaphor entirely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot where I was going. Um, but oh, but um, yeah, Polish cinema, I think, is it's real. It's weird to me how niche it is because it, it has such a robust history. And, you know, Japanese cinema and French cinema and other non English. Cinema <laughs> is so much more available, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I figured neither of you had seen this before, right? No. no. no, no. Oh, oh, my. Oh, I just heard in the other room a demon in my own apartment, which is my cat shrieking. Um, hopefully you can't hear her. <laughs> <laughs> added cat value for the listeners. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, you know, how many episodes do you have now? Like 8 million or so? 190 something will be the release of this one. I think this is 191 or two. Right on. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I feel like you know, <laughs> um, something that, that you haven't already covered, but also something that I think is worth seeing. Like this shit is over, what is it, 70 years old? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, and it, it's just still, to me, so captivating and so relevant, um, you know, despite it not being so at all, <laughs> you know, <laughs> also, you know, like, I mean, it's, and I'm just babbling now, so please just edit the shit out of this, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, um, communist Poland in the sixties, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, might like my, my parents ended up having to flee Poland um, for, I'm not going to get into it because it doesn't fucking matter because it's not the movie. I'm like, get it together, Snow. <laughs> First podcast <laughs> of 2022. Um, <laughs> if, if they would have had to flee for demonic possession reasons, that well, would have been really cool. I mean, the material conditions of communist Eastern Europe and our current capitalist hellscape are horrifyingly similar. Like, I was in the drugstore earlier today and, like, there's there's no food. There's literally no food. There is no food at the store. <laughs> like, you know, like we are approaching breadline territory. Um, oh, 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 my God. Hold on. My dog is crying now. Jesus. I can't catch a motherfucking break. I swear to God. Hi, Lucy. I know you wanted to know where mom went, where Matka Schniega 
Okay, come here, come here. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I think the the you know, the austerity that we have to deal with, the uh, um, kind of like um, apocalyptic sense of the world, is really similar mm-hmm. to what um, this film arose from. Yeah, there's definitely there's there's an aesthetic of emptiness in Mother Joan of the Angels that really does connect with kind of our current political moment here in the States. There's this there's a lot of space and a lot of silence where I think we've all been, you know, like uh, I think before we started recording, I was talking about how like every contemporary possession movie has like spinning heads and people vomiting CGI locusts and (laughs) like all the bells and whistles of the, the demonic but in that, and that's what we've been accustomed to for our entire lifetimes. It's just this kind of grotesque excess. And then in Mother Joan of the Angels, it's just like empty. And there's something really chilling about that. It's very, yeah, it's very, it's very, very sparse. It's very barren. And I think, I think, what, I think what's super interesting about everything that, that you've said, Snow, is like this idea that there was this kind of really thriving, super innovative, and in some ways, like really, um, experimental filmmaking tradition in Poland. It, it, and, and there's this window post 56 with Khrushchev's secret speech on the cult of personality, mm-hmm. where there's this kind of, th- there's, there's what they call the, the Thor in, in, uh, in the Soviet union. Uh, and there's a slight, like just not even a great deal, but just a slight, like greater leniency to allow like artists and filmmakers and writers to, to kind of move away from like really boring propaganda or like the, the the tropes of socialist realism which are kind of ossified into something really stale and and start putting out like some really really like this is this 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 is a film that kind of feels timeless right it, yeah it's yeah and i mean it takes place i think in what the 17th century i mean it's based on it's based yeah. on the, yeah. the, the the nuns of ludan right which i think is like the 1650s Mm-hmm. That was also good pronunciation, just for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking it out of the park today. <laughs> uh, well, and that you know, that's another thing that I think is really fascinating about Poland is that it it's still ninety eight percent Catholic, despite mm-hmm. being under communist rule for God. I, I, I'm not a, a math guy uh, for a long time um and i mean given it, it wasn't in the ussr but it was essentially a puppet state but the it, it's so heavily catholic but then at the same time there's a lot of this really like subversive um i would say even in this uh some of the sexuality uh is kind of beyond what what we can even see like today in the in our puritan nightmare world in the United States. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, the, you know, they're playing with a lot of um, the structures that uh, we don't really see in, in, well, I was gonna, we do see that in the 60s, never mind, rewind. Um, but, you know, I guess we wouldn't expect out of a deeply religious communist state 70 years ago. Yeah, maybe maybe we can talk a little bit then about the kind of formal. I mean, we always start each episode with a sort of the formalist zone where we talk about the kind of formal, <laughs> the for, the formal qualities of of the film itself before we get into like the the disc the capital D discourse. Um, but like just on a on a level of filmmaking, how how would you both kind of describe this to someone who hasn't seen it? I would say that, like, you know, this is a black and white movie and there's so much like space and silence here. You know, there's so there's a convent up on a hill and in a little town that's essentially just like a a pub, a a walk away from that. And there's there's like um, unless a character is playing an instrument, there's like no background music. There's there's not too much Foley work. There's just so much space given to the world that we're in. Which, which weirdly, like, usually when we think of being present in cinema, we think of, like, really tight Foley work and, and like, like immersive music and all of that junk and 3D glasses. But the, the sheer emptiness of this, like, made me feel more there than I was expecting. 
Yeah, it makes you feel kind of like exposed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that I would describe it as like, I can't believe it's not a 2004 art film. Because, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, and I know I keep harping on this, but it takes place in the 17th century. It was, it, it came out in 1961. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, it's, it does feel weirdly timeless and it's uh, grappling with a lot of these um, issues that I, I, I hate. I don't want to be like the human condition, but you know, that, mm-hmm. that pop up in like classical and ancient literature through today um, about like subjectivity and, and power and, <laughs> you know, good and evil and shit. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, all right, I'm, I'm working my way towards full sentences, but I think I'm baby steps. We'll get there in time. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I was feeling yeah. a lot of like thematic connections to a lot of contemporary work. Like I got a lot of um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night vibes from this. Oh, and let, yeah. Like, and like let the right one in. And like I felt like a lot of connection to that. Mm-hmm. Was Wait, was that, what was the, the Iranian film? Um, I do believe it's uh, a, a girl walks home alone at night. They, yes. Yeah. Okay. I was making sure I had that right. Cause I didn't want to sound like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like <laughs> it, it has a really similar kind of emptiness and also not, not really this, I don't want to say like Orientalist vibe. Cause I think that was filmed in Los Angeles. It was not filmed in Iran actually, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, but um, you know, it's, it's familiar, but also very, I don't want to use the word foreign or alien because all of these are just steeped in like fascism. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, uncanny. Uh, and the, the supernatural is presented in really understated ways in, in right. these films. And I think it, it, it subtracts the spectacle from it. And at least for me, it causes me to like have to have to like re-navigate how I've mapped those experiences in terms of the cinematic, you know, like I'm, I'm so used to like vampires and demons and possession being more mm-hmm. like just so gory and loud and intense rather than being these contemplative experiences. Right. I, I think um, also the first episode uh, I did with y'all um, on cam where that one did, mm-hmm. it didn't have, you know, monsters or barfing locusts but <laughs> it's kind of like is this real like what the fuck is but i yeah is, is it i uh, <laughs> like yeah. what the yeah. fuck yeah there's there's this kind of like interstitiality right there's this there's this mm-hmm. uncertainty and what's super cool about this is it ties it into like a wider tradition of european filmmaking like oh uh, yeah People like um, uh, Carl, Carl Theodor Dreyer in uh, Denmark or uh, Robert Bresson in, in France. Um, uh, who And Dreyer's uh, film, uh, no, it's Bresson's film, Diary of a Country Parson, which is 10 years before this. And is again, uh, the, this, this very static, you know, there's lots of stillness, lots of emptiness. And so um, Paul Schrader, the writer of Taxi Driver, wrote really a surprisingly really, really good book on cinema called Transcendental Style. <laughs> um, like just just the brain of a poster, but also a really good movie critic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and, and he suggests that like stasis, he talks about stasis a lot. This idea of like something that has continued or like it's a community that's like continued and images are kind of held for a very long period of time because uh, it, it allows for a sense of the transcendent to emerge. And this is mm-hmm. exactly like, exactly what you're talking about. This, this notion that like, am I seeing something that's real? Because films like this are like deliberately pushing at the boundary of like, well, what do you think real is? Like, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Th- does, does pointing a camera at something show you the truth? Well, isn't that um, a line in the film, right? Yeah, the, I think uh, yeah. Joanna says, what is a line? What is the truth? Yeah, like, What's absolutely. the boundary between them? Absolutely. Um, and and the, this kind of deliberate slowness, this repetition, the emptiness of the of each each uh, frame, it's hyper-saturated uh, black and white. It's like, uh, it's kind of trying to like strip the image down to just like the very, 
what is what what's the what's the very least you can show and still have something right. that's going to be really effective and you know that reminds me the way that um Johanna especially, and I think, uh, I, f I forget his, Joseph, the, the priest. Uh, well, I mean, even beyond that, there's so much looking directly into the camera mm -hmm, that yeah. I can't really think of any, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything other than Inglorious Bastards has that that scene <laughs> with Shoshana, my favorite mm -hmm. scene in all of film ever. Um, but, <laughs> um what that reminded me of, and it may just be because I've gotten some requests this week, was like POV content. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was really fetishistic. Oh yeah, 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 totally. There, there's an, there's an aspect of like like so this is this is a very early non-exploitation movie. I love that and, word. And and that 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 seed of voyeurism, that 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 kind of eroticism of the the um, gaze of the lens, is so mm -hmm. is so fundamental to exploitation as a genre, and even in a movie that's as kind of you know as like John was saying like stripped and restrained as as this film as as kind of like open and exposing like it still has that element to it. Right. Right. Yeah. I just. And you, I don't know if you were doing this too, but and I've seen this film like several times. But when Yana's um, <laughs> looking into the camera at first, I I was like kind of looking over my shoulder, like is she looking at? But, and then like you dumb bitch, you're watching a TV, like stop it. <laughs> um, but, but like it it was kind of uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like me? Wait. Uh yeah, there's this like in in like what we take to be cinematic naturalism. It's it's yeah. your setup as the voyeur. Right, because the characters do the thing that you want them to do on screen, but they never look back at you, because we go, well, that's breaking the fourth wall. That's that's, but there's something kind of like very Brechtian about it, right? This idea of going, mm -hmm. oh wait, oh wait, I'm being. Sh this is a, you know, it's like that you you watch the performance and then the performers turn around and look back at you. It's kind of like Moulin Rouge did that. Mm -hmm. But th this is quite different from Moulin Rouge. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is not that is not the comparison <laughs> I was really expecting. No, no. <laughs> but Watching yes. those two back to back would be an interesting viewing experience. Moulin Rouge's horror, hmm. <laughs> certainly as whore. <laughs> hey, <-o. laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, one other thing I wanted to say is. Fuck Roman Polanski, because he is the Polish filmmaker, um, and he's also a fucking rapist, and yes. I am happy to have so many other Polish films available, increasingly so. But, like, that's Scorsese's shit. He put something like 30 films, I think, um, mm -hmm. made, made them available, um, that now, you know, I can, like, actually share <laughs> Um, <laughs> and just 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 for the record just for the record let's just take a minute uh and acknowledge the fact that for all of like the mcu stands who took a moment to shit on marty scorsese uh scorsese has done so much more just for like the preservation of cinema as an art oh form yeah then then almost anyone <laughs> even tangentially involved with marvel Side note, my uh, my dog who was crying a little bit earlier before, she uh, in since the pandemic began has gotten a lot of gray and white hairs, and she now has Martin Scorsese eyebrows. Aww. So we call her little Marty. I'll f I'll Aww. find a good picture. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> like what a what a great what a great thing for Scorsese to have done to spend so much time like just preserving and and promoting and like right. sharing. Like a and genuine lifetime appreciation of cinema that so many people would never have heard of. Right. And like, say what you will about Tarantino, who also appears to be kind of a dickhead. But um, mm -hmm. his his, uh, his theater in Los Angeles, uh, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly, um, will we'll have showings of, you know, his really esoteric collection that he elects to share with people who wouldn't see it otherwise. I think that's, you know, yeah. I don't know. Ab absolutely like, and, and like the not stuff all men so good <laughs> yeah yeah right like like this work is so important and just to like because because you know we're like we 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 mentioned roman polanski and so every time someone says that name I, 
I, I have to I have to uh, uh, share my uh, purely atomic, uh, uh, highly dangerous Roman Polanski take, which is Rosemary's Baby is less good than Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. <laughs> so it's just, just putting it out there. Lords of Salem definitively better than but, Rosemary's Baby. But have you seen The Tenant? No, I don't think I have. Because that shit is amazing. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> Snow's cancellation part 69 like, <laughs> comes out defending Roman Polanski but like that is a well, day once we get Rob Zombie's The Tenant then I, then we can all safely replace it with the definitively better well it's part of his like uh, his uh, horrors of city living trilogy yeah, yeah, it's Rosemary's yeah. Baby uh, Repulsion and yeah. uh, the t- I always think I don't know dick about film and then I'm like oh maybe I got a whole PhD <laughs> Um, anywho. Uh, yeah, this, this this is, uh, the, the, the official, the official HV line, uh, Martin Scorsese, very good, uh, uh, amazingly eyebrowed cinnamon roll that we should, (laughs) should protect. Uh, I, w- I wonder, like maybe maybe we can get into some of some of the the discourse of the film then. And Ash has talked about this a little bit, but I'm I'm wondering what what do you all think about how this film deals with deals with the issue of possession and what we like. I mean, since The Exorcist, it's been this kind of staple of horror, and and maybe it's worth kind of unpacking what that means for how f- how horror and how film generally kind of treats treats the agency of women because it's often women who the, the the ones who are being possessed what do you think well, like the, the thinking emoji over here what i think is really interesting is kind of how the movie presents this issue uh because father brim when they're first walking up uh uh to the convent where the possessed nuns hang out um you know he kind of like looks up to it and he's like is the devil even up there and then Father Father Yosef is equally like he's very uncertain. He's there because it's his job, you know. He got told to go there and do this. He's also like not not strictly committed to the idea of a possession happening. He's just there to try and figure something out. And the, and the only one that's like, nah, no, nah, there are like one hundred percent demons here is Mother Joan of the Angels. Well, and also that one nun who isn't possessed, right? What's her name? Oh, yes. Uh, Sister uh, Malgorzada. <laughs> um, Mal- How do you spell that? <laughs> Malgorzada, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, um, right after Yosef goes to see uh, Joanna, she comes back and says, like, oh, you know, she did the trick where she blackens the wall. Um, and, oh, yeah, don't the, like the... the the, I, I was thinking of them as those two motherfuckers in um, in the Muppets. <laughs> like, sit I was not fundamentally unprepared for that. <laughs> right. They're like shit. Jim Henson's Mother Joan of the Angels. <laughs> I love replace I love, all the characters with Muppets except for <laughs> I I love that the two points of comparison you brought up are the Muppets and Moulin Rouge. Uh, <laughs> hey, I brought up Tarantino. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but they're like, oh, she's she can't cheat. She's not cheating. And uh, what is it? Marjana's like what I'm sure I butchered that was like. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, no, no, she's totally not cheating when she like fucks up the door handle every morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like the most trivial and pointless thing I have to say about the movie, but I need to say this to get it out of my head. So S- Sister Malgorzada uh, uh, sneaks out of the convent every now and then to go party at that local pub. Um, and and one t- one time while she's down there, uh, she she meets a character named Squire, played by a man named Stanislaw. Last name I can't pronounce. Let me swell. I'm I'm just gonna cut that clip in every time I have to say Stanislaw. Let me swell. So I can have the right pronunciation. <laughs> or it could just be my name. voice all of a sudden. Oh, oh yeah, it's just gonna be your Stanislav. voice. Yeah. <laughs> that exactly. <laughs> uh, so Stanislaw. Let me swell. Uh, characters squire and they have this little romance but 
So Stanislaw looks exactly like a man from uh, uh, Morozko, which is uh, Frosty or Jack Frost, a 1964 film from the Soviet Union that Mystery Science Theater 3000 made popular. Um, And there's an actor in that film playing a character named Ivan named Eduard Isatov. And and I kept thinking like, oh my God, is is, there, is this a, is this a, a connection to the Mystery Science Theater three thousand cinematic universe? <laughs> so I'm like, side note, I haven't heard that name Mystery Science Theater in years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the best friendships are the ones forged through discourse. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, forged being the operative word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fr- friendship is not earned, it is discoursed. <laughs> Discoursacy? Oh, stop oh. it. Stop <laughs> it. Turn that one off. Just, just no. <laughs> oh, the energy in that one. I could feel it from here. <laughs> It, it was it was unhinged, deranged. <laughs> the, the true poster's mindset. <laughs> so to to attempt to wrangle uh, what we're what we're doing here today, um, there is another character in the movie that I know, Mister Snow, you were interested in discussing, and that's the figure of the rabbi. Oh yes, yes. Uh, well. <laughs> I mean, I think it too, you know, I think this also has to do with my own, you know, personal connection to Polish culture, but also my being Jewish and in Polish too, you know, everything that came out of his mouth. I'm like, yes, yes, exactly. Represent. <laughs> yes. Um, but, like, but at the same time, knowing that that is an anti-Semitic portrayal, mm-hmm. but he's also right. You know, like, mm-hmm. so it's a weird, um, you know, and not to do like, uh, you know, like all stereotypes are like, that's not, but he's, you know, su- such this loathed character. He's, uh, you know, almost like a witch kind of, mm-hmm. um, and he, he's, he's so loathed, but also like, you know, he's, he has so much more knowledge and so much more knowledge of suffering um, you know, than, than anyone else in the town. You know, I don't, I think of when, I think I wrote it down too, when he starts to get pissed off at the priest. Um, what does he say? Oh, okay. Cause I can't learn anything from you and you want to know everything at once. Like that's not how that works here. And like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not here to solve your problems. Um, you certainly haven't helped with mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you know? Like, no, you you can't have my knowledge anymore. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> said earlier in the group chat, I feel like the Jew um, of academic Twitter. <laughs> Like, my knowledge is no longer yours. <laughs> like, get out. <laughs> but I'm going back to my cave. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Jesus. But, you know, he has this, um, yeah, it's kind of, the, the point at which that comes in the film too, what is that? Would that be like, the, the like the top of the fifth act or something, um, where really everything he says then immediately you know, he, he illuminates everything for the viewer, yeah. for the priest. And then it just like one, one after the other, just, you know, demonstrates that he was right. Oh, totally. It's, it's a, it's a huge, it's the turning point of the film. Cause I mean, like, at least like for me and for my viewing, like up, up to this point, um, father Yosef was very like, uh, he, he, you get a sense that he's like deeply committed to to his job in the church, but his oh. commitment to the concept of to, to like the actual like mechanics of the faith. Well, I'm to, like, what to, an interesting word choice. Yeah, like he's <laughs> he's he's jobbing, you know. He's he's just <laughs> going through his working day, and then he encounters this rabbi who like just just blasts him with like. Like like an encounter with the real that just pries Father Yosef out of his kind of 
complacency. Yeah, and he does it. So it's funny. He says, like, you don't want to learn any, you don't want to know everything at once. Or you want, mm-hmm. rather, you want to know uh, everything at once, but you don't want to have to, like, study it. But then he also kind of manages to impart all of that all at once. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I was trying to type, too. And you just, like, you know, like, truth after truth after truth, Bob. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, like, nuked him on out of that little putt. And it's like it's super it's super telling, isn't it? That like uh, our fathers, the the priests here are not. It's just a job, right? It's just it's another kind of labor, right? Yeah. It's another it's another kind of thing that you that you kind of need to do because you know how else are you going to survive? Well, and uh, I know. Sorry. No, go on. Oh, I was going to say I noticed that it's was almost like overwhelmingly peculiar to me when they're and I'm not I'm not sure the the terminology or whatever, but when they're all um the the holy water scene, um all the men's faces are just like eh, like okay and the holy water while the nuns are like shrieking and trying to hide from it. Mm-hmm. Um where they're just going through the motions. There's no passion whatsoever. Um yeah. they seem to know that the holy water is going to hurt the nuns, but yeah. don't seem to have any like reverence for it um it, you know it, they're not really acting like they're holding something holy in their hands they're just yeah, you know, going absolutely. about the day yeah while, while they torture these women <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know and contrasting that with the way that the rabbi um has I guess the talmud i think in front of him mm-hmm. that you know you can't really see what what's you know what it says that's the word see two steps forward one step back Um, (laughs) we can't really see what it says on like what it's open to but just the the like power within the that object um is just so i don't know yeah you really get a sense that like you know this is a movie about nuns in a convent being possessed by eight different demons and, and a father being sent to exercise the 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 head nun and a, and a team of other exorcists and they're trying to tackle the rest of them and and like it, at least for me like nothing felt sacred until the rabbi enters the story yes and then and yeah. then yeah, yeah the encounter with him allows father yosef to like find his own position within the sacred yeah, you know, I was thinking too when I was rewatching this earlier. I was like, I'm gonna rewatch this scene again later just to feel something. <laughs> but, like it's so like, like I don't know. I felt like I like, I was gonna say like went on a run, but like I don't know. At this point in the pandemic, like I felt like I had gone up a flight of stairs <laughs> watching that. Like, god damn. Um, yeah, the the only other see, this isn't really sacred per se, mm-hmm. but um, when it's only Joanna and Josef in the what is it the the chapel? Modest, I don't fucking know. Um, but you can see all the like stonework in the background that looks ancient, mm-hmm. um, and it can't be that old because I don't think Christians even got to Poland until like the 12th century or some shit. I don't know. I'm not a medievalist. Um, but, <laughs> but you know something about that space um I, I don't, it, it, it didn't i don't know it may, maybe almost like haunted mm. which i guess it like literally was because it was full <laughs> of demons but <laughs> i meant like the architecture of it um in contrast to the um that little windowless room uh, the rabbi's sitting in and Yosef kind of like mocks him for reading by candlelight for some reason. Well, because he's an asshole, I suppose. Uh, but <laughs> um, you know, that that really like dark. It seemed damp, even though it wasn't because it's a movie and not something that can be damp. Um, like <laughs> closed room versus it's like open stone should be holy. Um no come on come on words words i'm like this is the only recording we've done where i haven't been like two beers in too so i'm like that's a problem (laughs) um but but, um you know this this like small you would 
to to uh, then contemporary audience maybe like godless uh, room versus this holy room, and um, only one of them is really sacred or spiritual, and it's not the one you think. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that made that was like the longest little monologue to get to the simplest fucking point. I feel like I'm teaching one of my morning classes. <laughs> like that's why you use twelve point five. But um, I'm just gonna gonna take take it away. <laughs> not, to, not to derail our conversation here, but which is already just, like a train into a you know bog. It's a, it's a but... wonderful little train wreck we're cultivating today. <laughs> But a uh, a speedboat or a yacht just uh, just sailed by the shipping Ooh. container ship, uh, and it's Ooh. the first other thing I've seen in like six <laughs> hours. This is great. <laughs> uh, for those who uh, don't know, Ash is currently engaged in what I can only describe as movie watching as an endurance event by watching the entirety of the 2012 installation art piece Logistics which I believe is just under 900 hours long. Yep. (laughs) A whole lot of uh, container ship and not much else. See, I thought that you were going to be like, yeah, Ashley's at a dock, and I was going to be like, I love Melville, but that's not where that went at all. (laughs) (laughs) Much less interesting than being at an actual dock. Alas. Anywho. (laughs) Back on back on track, uh, uh, John. John, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna I'm gonna hand you the talking stick. What what is I I think this is this is bound up in the ending more generally. But like, wh- what do we think about what happens to Father Surin? Uh, the the idea of doing the devil's bidding. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just super curious to know what you think. Well, you know, I really like how. And the, the priests had been saying this throughout, which was that, you know, it, it was God's will that the the demons possess Joanna. Um, But then the rabbi finally kind of pushes back on that with Joseph and is like, um, here, do I, do I even have it in my notes? Um, but he says, what is, or yeah, they're like, okay, well, if God created this world, like, why is all this evil here? Why, why would, why would God want, to put demons in nuns like what the that doesn't what and like you know these are the questions that my father and my grandfather and my great-grandfather have been asking for millennia but like well i I think i I think there's a a really interesting point that father yosef brings up and and it's this kind of this combination of two separate thoughts which I i think it's really interesting to contrast in his character um but but at one point he says all redemption is in love and that love is as strong as death um, mm-hmm. but, but he, he later kind of, there's almost this rejoinder he has later on. And that's maybe the trouble is not the demons, but an absence of angels. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just nodding. <laughs> yeah. The Meryl <laughs> nod, Streep nod gift, you know, like yeah. pointing at Patricia Arquette. Um, <laughs> um, which I mean, is such a, it's such a, you know, they, they have the, they're looking at the same world from just opposite sides of it. Right. But like, I mean, if all of these things are created by God, I, I'm going to let y'all talk for a minute (laughs) (laughs) while my brain reconfigures itself. I need to like turn it off and on. Take it away, John. Well, it's a, I mean, obviously this is, this is a, this is a super Catholic movie, right? This, the idea of there being kind of genuine, reality to spiritual forces is is uh completely to fine normal regular um but what's really what's really interesting is the idea that like demons or the demonic or satan has a kind of field of activity in the physical world but it's a world that's been like abandoned by god like it's you know the the problem is not that satan exists right the problem is not demons exist we know that already the problem is that there is not the problem is that there isn't any kind of like a positive counterpoint to that. So it's it it even it even uh, avoids the old kind of like Nietzschean problem of the Dionysian versus the uh, the uh, Apollonian, and it just says, well, actually, uh, 
there's only one side in this fight. So so what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think this is super compelling, too, because like in a, in a lot of like contemporary representations of demonic possession, people are like carving fucking upside down crosses into their heads and like just doing all kinds of gory nonsense. But in this one, like the nuns just kind of like, you know, have orgies sometimes, you know, giggle Spin other times. Yeah, do, do a lot of spinning. Um, it's like college. Really? <laughs> really? I mean, like one of them keeps sneaking off to a pub to hang out with a dashing rogue. It is very collegiate <laughs> behavior. Right. Oh, my God. And then when um, what the dude, what is he like a duke or something, wakes up and he's like, OK, cool. She's still asleep and like tiptoes out yep. and runs away. I'm like, ah, my twenties. <laughs> like, I gotta get the fuck to work. Shit. <laughs> like running away with whatever from whatever being I had enchanted. <laughs> yeah, M- Mother Joan of the Angels two sorority showdown. We're gonna set this in 2012. It's gonna be great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like but like so good. the, the thing that, that, that makes this that makes this like in some ways a kind of super bold film is that not only is it made post khrushchev like when uh and made made by a guy who was the head of the uh kadr right the big the famous polish production mm-hmm. uh company but it's also like it's not like a particularly catholic movie in some ways right because it's like right God, God, God has left the scene. It's fine. All is permitted now. <laughs> well, and you know, this is. I, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. Jeez, coughing in my throat. Um, again, you know, my own experience of like Polishness, but also, I mean, okay, so I, <laughs> I'm a, a Polish cashew, right? So half Catholic, half Jewish, raises both, but an atheist. And I've always been like, when I've gotten, you know, dragged to temple or dragged to mass, like, do y'all really believe this shit? Like, you <laughs> seriously? You really believe? Re- like, you really? Really? Um, and I think, like, like when I talk to my grandmother, this is like, you know, she's at the age where she just, ha- we have the same exact phone conversation every time we talk. <laughs> She'll go, you know, um, I think, I think Jesus is a good guy. I'm not sure if true, but they make me happy. And I'm like, so do you even believe it? Do, do you believe it? Does anyone believe this? <laughs> like, like do, uh, so, you know, yeah, it's heavily Catholic. Um, but none of the behavior in the film has anything to do with Catholicism, really, beyond it being their job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is this is the point, right? Like, uh generally catholicism is concerned with very practical things whilst also having a non-materialist metaphysics right so Mm -hmm. uh it's it's it is about the propagation of good works uh whilst also a very firm kind of metaphysical belief in like the non-material stuff is not just stuff stuff but like yeah this is this is like religion is like employment right (laughs) yeah like even satan even the demonic is like it's just another boss (laughs) (laughs) well and then they grow to like they what is what does he want to say she's like i I have quite some affection for satan yeah they they wind wind up liking it you know yeah and they feel kind of special that they get exploited the most yeah like so there's this there's this movie that came out recently called ava's possessions uh, and it's and it's a contemporary take on the demonic possession, and it frames it as it frames it as an analog to like substance abuse and addiction, huh. and, and and in a weird way, like there was there was some like sinews connecting this back and forth, you know, and and these kind of like okay, do we have like holistic approaches to the issue of demonic possession? What does it even mean? How does it affect the individual? Or is it this kind of like harsh, carceral, punitive type of healing that's not really a healing? Yeah, it also makes me think of, um, you know, like abuser. I was, I'm thinking specifically of like professors who who date their students, and in every case that I personally have witnessed, um, there is always some hint of like I'm the special student, as you know, to to kind of justify that abuse. 
Yeah. Like I'm yeah, extra yeah. smart. I'm the, the super special smart snowflake. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is good and not rape. <laughs> like, but um that that's kind of I feel like where we wind up. Cause then um Father Joseph says the same thing, really. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 What do what do we think about the very the very ending? The right at the end, how how this closes out. We we avoid pretty much all dialogue. We just have we just have the two crying at the end. Well, I'm thinking of that scene where we find Joseph in the barn, um, kind of like an uh, coupled with where we first see Joanna um, become possessed. Like that shit is fucking terrifying. Yeah, and all he's doing is putting his finger up to his lips that's it Mm -hmm. i'm just i i i don't even know what what an analysis of that is maybe like the emptiness of it that we were discussing earlier Mm -hmm. um and i mean this is i guess this isn't the quite the right oh ethel you're fine sorry it's the cat um (laughs) (laughs) It's an old Polish nun named Ethel. Who <laughs> <used to be. laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I feel like uh, it, it really leaves you with a sense of terror. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Ash? What do you, what do you think of, what do you think of the, like I say, those, those very, very final last moments? Well, so I, I love the kind of ultra mundanity of of the end of this like i i kept kind of waiting for like a special effects flex right? at some point yeah, in the movie yeah where's the jump scat <laughs> yeah no i well i mean i was i was waiting for like okay we're maybe we have like this big crescendo at the end and and we get like a a, a really god-awful guy in like a unitard who's satan <laughs> goes up and does something silly you know like i, I was kind of waiting for that but the fact that I was denied my kind of expectations for the genre and for this particular subgenre and expressive form, like, the, you know, like we, we've talked a lot about like all of these, you know, Catholic priests are like are devoid of any faith. They're just working. Uh-huh. And, and like and in the end, it's still ultra mundane. The possessed nuns aren't doing anything demonic they're just not obeying the kind of strictures and normalcies of the church and in the end it's like it it continues with that ultra mundanity and i think that makes it such a heavy impact well and what is it joanna says she's like you just want me to quiet down you just want me Mm -hmm. to stop like doing this goofy shit and like speaking out which like yeah yeah. yeah, he does that's exactly what he wants (laughs) Which is always the point, right? Which is like possessions, possessions and exorcisms are really about the exercise of agency, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who, who, who is it that gets to, who, that gets to control these women? Like the, mm-hmm. the, that's the whole point of them sending the priests, right? It's about the restoration of quote unquote order. Yeah. Right. And, and, right. and d- demonic possession becomes part of the cultural expressive language. You know, like if, if you're a woman who's a nun in a convent and like you want to cut loose the only like one of the few acceptable avenues for expressing any kind of like heterodox behavior is to, Oh, I'm possessed now a bunch of demons all up in me, which is why I've been going to the pub to sleep with the handsome stranger. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I mean, like the, the conspiracy theory point, I think is really salient. You know, we're living in a, a particular moment here in the States where conspiratorial thinking has never been, I think, more crucial to the contemporary political moment. And in, and in like, you know, what is the whole thing behind demonic possession and witch hunts and witch trials, if not the horrifying power of this anti-materialist way of reasoning through the world? Right. And like, yeah, I mean, the Bush era sucked. But could you imagine Bush era plus QAnon? No, I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, because no. if I start imagining that, I never come back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, far be it for me to praise Dick Cheney. But, uh, <laughs> you know, even he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, it's like an old mob movie when the mob bosses are like, there used to be rules about this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you never invoke a pseudo-religious conspiracy cult. That's just crossing the line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if QAnon were a thing when he shot his friend in the face? Like, Oh, Jesus Christ. That would be... <laughs> we, we wouldn't uh, have quails and then, anymore. And then, and then got his friend on national news to apologize... <laughs> For getting in the way of his bullets. <laughs> I was possessed by one or eight demons, and I physically intercepted uh, proud Mr. Cheney's fire, causing him to miss the target. I, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is, oh my God, I haven't thought about that incident in so many years. The kids just don't the, know. They don't the know. flex of not only shooting your friend in the face, but then, <laughs> but then making him apologize to you for being shot. And like, what did he have to do to get? Like, was he held up at gunpoint? Like, what? I maybe, like, literally, maybe. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at one point he was at gunpoint. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Any, okay. Yeah. Any, yeah. Any as we bring this in to to a to screeching halt, uh, any 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 final thoughts about the movie? Any last things that we want to make sure that we that, that that we kind of bring up and talk about? Um. Well, I just going back to the figure of the Jew, um, or as you so politically correctly put it, the rabbi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as the token joker today. Um, you know, I think it's really fascinating how, like, Poland is deeply, 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 deeply anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the way that he's depicted um, with such reverence mm-hmm. at the same time that he's uh, this figure of uh, disdain, disgust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also the fact that it's the same actor playing the priest yeah, yeah, yeah. As the mm-hmm. rabbi with his like, I am you. That's that's just yeah. you know utterly terrifying. Um, and yet at the I don't know the uh, <laughs> Poland's the history of Jews in Poland is really um, fascinating. But that is not what this podcast is about. Um, <laughs> you know the way that that this that that we are really we are that same thing that we loathe and fear for. I mean, I guess many reasons, but one being that, you know, they, they, they're, it's like a mirror back to us. They tell us who we are and we don't want to know that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. This, this idea that there is a kind of, um, a reflection of, and and like, you can talk about this in like psychoanalytic terms, right? The other is a reflection of that, of that, which you lack, Mm -hmm. um, I, or, or, and you can totally talk, talk about this in the long history of Christian anti-Semitism as well. Right. And then, you know, that makes me think again, is it, oh, is it demons or is it lack of angels? Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, you call her mother, Joan of the angels, but where are the angels at? Where, yeah. Where, <laughs> where are they? <laughs> I don't see the angels. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know that. That was really, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, of course, again, to reference my own subjectivity, but just just a really, you know, fascinating um, just figure there. No. Yeah. Um, what about you, Ash? Any, any final thoughts? Uh, my, only, my only parting comment is that if you want to support the contemporary equivalent of a convent full of demonically possessed nuns, uh, please check out all of Mistress Snow's links, which will be in the show notes. <laughs> Gracefully bowing as we exit stage. <laughs> yeah, the, while my like my dog and cat are like tap dancing in the back. <laughs> I've seen these animals tap dancing. I can testify in front of the magistrate. <laughs> Every fucking time I Zoom teach, got little Marty Scorsese behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, how, what fun we have here. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our episode on Mother Joan of the Angels. Uh, this has been great having you back on the show for a third time, Mr. Snow. If you want more uh, uh, Winter Wonderland content, you can uh, check out the other two episodes Mr. Snow has done with us. 
And, yes, this is a delight. Thanks for having me back on. Oh, any any time. This is always you always suggest films that I, I might not have watched otherwise. <laughs> so this is this is pretty legit. Like the tenant. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we look forward to Mr. Snow coming back on the show to talk about the tenant and to fight with. <laughs> And to once again get into trouble for defending Roman Polanski. Uh, I didn't uh, defend him! <laughs> we'll have you back on for Rob Zombie's Tenant, which Excellent. which I, I have on good authority is coming out in in a potential series of future events through the long history of time in which everything happens at least once. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds good. <laughs> well, good night. Good night. Good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, may you and all eight of your demons rest well. We hope you've enjoyed the dread discourse. Until next week, stay spooky. Let me swallow. <laughs>